to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome back to another edition of Faith on Fire. I'm Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries. You know, yesterday, Vince, we were talking about uh, the scripture in Isaiah 49, beginning at verse 14, where Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. And God reminds them that not only has he not forgotten them, but that he has engraved them on the palms of his hands. And we were talking about the whole issue, not just as regards the Israelites, but how it fits into our life today, how easy it is to think, well, some tragedy has happened, some illness has hit, something has happened to me, and that must mean that God has forsaken me, that God has forgotten me. We need to remember that no matter what is going on in our life, whether it's great, whether it's not so good, no matter where we are, that God has never forgotten us, that he does indeed still have us engraved on the palms of his hands. Amen, amen, and amen. You know what? I was reminded as you were speaking what uh says over in Hebrews, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if God said here in this verse of Scripture in Isaiah, see, I haven't inscribed you on the palms of my hand. Your walls are continually before me, meaning... I know you. I got you. And if he, again, I always tell people, if God said it, if we find it in God's word, if he said it to one of his children, it's for all his children. God's no respect to a person. He shows no partiality. We're all sons, and that doesn't mean gender. That means offspring of the Most High God. When we receive Jesus, Lord and Savior, we're, we're in the family. We're grafted in the family. We belong to God now. And he doesn't forget us. And as, again, as you were speaking, I was just thinking of another scripture in Romans 8. It says, and I like, it says if, but I like to use the word because. Because of him who raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. So how can God ever leave you if, if he's inside of you? That's, that's what I want to know, Pastor. And Tell me what, about that And one. that's what Paul says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Right, he's in See, you. we forget sometimes right. as Christians we who we are. Right, and who's in the greater one. And I thought, and then we go around declaring, greater is he that's in me. Well, he's still in you doing your trial. I have a disaster. No, in my no, no. Life. He's still Until there. Something <laughs> really bad No, Richard, to he's me. still there. Greater, the greater one. Yes, and you can still do all things. Through Christ who strengthens you. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. So, again, it's all about igniting your faith on fire. It's all about getting this word of God, which is considered seed over in Luke. you got to plant this seed, this word in your heart, and, and believe it. And you got to guard it. Because the devil likes to steal the word away from you. He likes it. We were talking earlier before the broadcast, and the Bible talks about carnal Christians. And we don't want to be a carnal Christians. We want to develop our faith. We want to ignite our faith on fire constantly. Because a carnal Christian, this is what a carnal Christian, they lean to their own understanding. They the, go by sight. Intellect, things perceived by the senses. 
the spiritual developing Christian, he walks by faith, not by sight, meaning he walks by what the word of God says. He'll take this verse of scripture right here and make it his own. That's what we did here. We made it our own. We understand we're inscribed on God's hand. We've been looking at our hand saying, imagine that it's God's hand and saying, hey, God knows every line. Actually, God went so far to say, I know every hair that's on your head. <laughs> right. He counts them all. He knows us so well, and, and we have to know that. God loves us, and he's in us. He's in us to get us over, to give us victory. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. See, and that means in 2013, just as surely did 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked, surely as it was 1,500 years before that when most of the Bible was written. I mean, God is the same. I, I love it when you said before, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So every promise he made in the Bible is good today in the year 2013, the same way it was when the Bible was written. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't say, well, yeah, you know, back in this day, I had them engraved on my palms. Yeah, but, but I erased them. <laughs> now, I've, now I don't remember them. And so you, no. poor Christian, in the year 2013, when you have terrible troubles, when you have disasters, in your life, you're all alone because I've forgotten who you well, are. Well, you know what? He never says that. And, and Jesus went so far to say over Matthew, all ye come, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, well, my burdens are easy and my yoke is light. Then he says, come learn of me. So that's what we have to do. Come learn of him. We need to, and come learn of him means to me, it, it, it includes being ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind and come and have fellowship and relationship with me through my word. And I'll reveal who I am and who you are through my word. I heard a pastor say this, and I agree with him, one of my spiritual fathers. He said, you know, most of the time the revelation is not in the Bible on the black. It's in between the black and the white, <laughs> meaning you read between the lines. And that's where the revelation is. So as you start meditating God's word and and, and just believe in it, you know, don't try to use intellect. Just say, okay, God said it, that's it, that settles it. And then I'm standing right here. I'm standing on what he said. If he said he even scribed me in the palm of his hands, by golly, that's where I'm at. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, and it doesn't matter what my circumstances are. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. That's where I'm at. And, and you, you reminded of the story of Job, you know, and, and people face problems. Maybe all of your children weren't killed. Maybe you didn't lose everything you had. But people have all sorts of problems. And we all have friends like Job had, you know. What'd you do? You must have done something. Or even his wife. Why don't you just curse God and die? And, and you I ran know, into it's one yesterday. Us, even to say to ourselves, I wonder if it's even worth it to follow God. You know, it, look at what's happened to me since I became a believer. Is it even worth it to follow God? And, well, and we need to remember that God has always got us in his hands. And we also have to be students of the Scripture. The Scripture says, you know, all who desire to live godly will endure or suffer persecution, trials, temptations, tests. We're going to go through. Storms are going to come. But we reminded that he always delivers us. He always causes us to triumph. Now, that's what you focus on, the promise. Right, not yeah, the problem. Yeah, 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 not the problem. Uh, again, I always tell people, focus on the promise and not the problem. Or, or pray God's word. Pray the word of God, what we're reading here, instead of praying your problems. A lot of people pray their problems instead of praying the word. 
And they, they tell God about all the problems. And God says, well, tell me what I said in my word, because that's what I watch over is what I said in my word. So it's really detrimental that us as believers know what God said in his word, and we start speaking what he says, because words have power. Well, you know, the word of God. Here's David and Goliath. All the other Israelites are looking at Goliath, and all they can see is how big he is and how strong he is and how he's been a fighting man his whole life and how there's just absolutely no hope for them against him. And David comes out and says, the God who saved me from the bear and the lion will deliver me from this Philistine. And you need to say that in your life right here. And we do. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road for Christian people. Do we actually really believe God or not? David could have said, well, you know... God delivered me from a bear, and God delivered me from a lion. But you know, this guy here is this a lot is, this, bigger this than is a any big of problem them. right here. This, so this, this got to be too be big. This is too big for God right, right. here. Yeah, this is this is too much. There's no hope. I might as well just go back home. Well, well I'm reminded. Tend the sheep. I'm reminded of what it says in Genesis. I believe it's twelve or fourteen. He he told Abraham and Sarah, "Is anything too hard for God?" He asked them the question, and he's asking us that same question. Do you believe any something is too hard for me? And, and I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Nothing's too hard Even, for God. But I mean, a lot of Christians do. I mean, they would never probably say it out loud. They would never stand up in church and go, this is too big for God. But just the way they live, the the actions they take, the thoughts that are in their mind constantly, the worry that develops is saying I think this is too much for God. Well, you to know do. what? The only way, I, again, Richard, I got to get back to the Word of God. When when I hear believers speaking like that, that tells me they're not sold out for the truth of God's Word, and they're not meditating on God's Word as much as they should be. They're meditating on the problems. I ran into a guy yesterday, a brother in Christ, about three years old in Christ, got married, and his marriage and fell apart. His wife's out there using drugs. And he just, he told me, he spoke out of his heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. He said that this thing is hopeless. There's no way the devil got my wife and God can't do anything. And I said, the devil is a liar because that's not the truth. Anything that the devil can do, God can undo. And you just have to believe and get, but that showed me that he, he had more confidence and the drugs that had his wife than he had in God. Right, he had and more I told, confidence in the devil than Right, he right, had in right. God. And I told him, I said, well, you need to put, you need to switch your confidence up. You over here, give exhorting this cat over here, you need to exhort your God. I mean, pray, pray the word of God, not your worries. Talk about the promises, not the problem. And that's what a lot of Christians do. And that just shows me, you got to, the Bible says, Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. The word of God will save your souls. It says in Hebrews, his word is living and it's powerful. Then he goes to say in Thessalonians, it works effectively in those who believe. The word of God only works in those who believe. Remember, in Jesus' own hometown, because they knew him as the carpenter's son. It says yeah, what could he do? He couldn't do no many mighty works among them except heal the fruit. Heal through sick people. And it, it was because they didn't believe, and Jesus is referred to as the living word. They didn't receive or believe the living word could help them. And we got a lot of Christians out there today. You know, they got saved. They, they got their fire insurance and they're heaven bound. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Right. We should be living an abundant life when it comes to 
mountains or situations or giants or Goliaths, whatever, we should be, we're overcomers. Well, James says, don't be a hearer of the word only, but be a doer. And because we believe we're going to do certain things, and the reverse happens too. You know, you, t- you mentioned this guy that you talked to yesterday. What happens is if you really start to believe that there's no hope, you really start to believe that the devil's got my wife and, and she's stuck in this problem and there's no hope for it, what you're going to do is give up. What you're going to do is quit praying. What you're going to do... That's where where he's at. Right. And so what happens is when James says be a doer, not just a hearer of the word, but a doer, the reverse also happens. When we say, well, I don't believe God can do anything, and that's what we really believe, then that will cause us to do certain things. And what it will cause us to do is primarily give up. And how many Christians do you know and I know that have just kind of given up on life. They've thought, well, their best days are behind them. There's no hope for them. Um, they're just holding on. I, I talked to somebody, and they didn't say it literally, but you could tell by the way they were acting that they've tied a knot in the rope, and they're just hanging on till Jesus mm-hmm. comes back and hoping that they can do it. That's not what I came to give life and it more abundantly means, tie another knot in your rope and hope for the best. Jesus wants to give us Life. He wants to help us to realize that he is able to do all things and that we are too through his power. That's the word he gave me this morning, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who's able to him. do exceedingly abundantly above all we think, imagine. He said, I can do exceedingly abundantly above that. Even oh, more you can than imagine. You can imagine. More than you can imagine. If you think I can do this, you say, I can top it. I can do that. <laughs> so we have to understand that. Well, That's why. Just, I, the disciples in the boat, which one of them thought that he was going to just wake up and say, peace be calm? And it would happen. I mean, that was more than they could even imagine. Yeah, they, they, they must have thought he was going to do something else. They didn't know what. They, they were all afraid. And they thought, you know, Jesus was going to let them die. But again, greater is he that's in us. And, and when I say he that's in us, He's in us through his Holy Spirit. He's in us through his word. You have to be able to declare what thus said the Lord. David said it when he went out to battle with Goliath. David spoke something. He said, this day, not tomorrow, not next week, (laughs) not next Thursday, but this day shall the Lord deliver you into my hand. He spoke it. He said it. And, you know, see, notice he said the Lord will deliver you. Now, if it's up to us to do it, we'll put it off the next week. Sometimes. Especially if that problem's big. Right, right. That problem's big. So he said, no, this day the Lord, because he knew that because God be for him, who dare be against him? So he went out there and he got those rocks and he did what he needed to do. And the Holy Spirit guided him, took Goliath out. And God got all the glory. All right. That's what God wants to do, get the glory in our lives. And and this kind of reminds me when you said that of something I read the other day that we forget sometimes as Christians that God's working in your life right now, this day. Now right faith now. is. Now not, faith is. Not next week, not next month, well, but Richard, God is working in your that's life That's why you got to right speak now. the word right now. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is. It didn't say faith's going to be, faith was. It says now faith is. God's a right now. He's a very present help in a time of need. Right, right yeah. now. Right, right now. Not he, later. Right, oh yeah. I like one of my pastor's friends. He say, R-A-T now. Right now. Because a rat <laughs> run fast. <laughs> right now. So God said, right now, God. He's always there. And we have to know that. We have to put confidence. Scripture tells us, and I was thinking about this yesterday, uh, 1 John 
14. It says, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And because we know he hears us, we know we have the petitions of those things we ask for. He said, now that's, the, that's faith right there. This is the confidence that we have in him. So, God, but then he said over in John, if you, Jesus said this, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it for you. Anything according to his will. And God's will is you to be delivered and set free and that you get past any storm in your life, any mountain. That's God's desire. But, hey, here's the deal. We have to stand in agreement with God. A lot of Christians don't agree with God. <laughs> you got to stand in agreement. And remember, God and his word are like wet and water. I, I agree with the word of God. I may not understand it, but I agree with it. I don't understand how cell phones work, but, hey, I use it. <laughs> you don't have right. to understand it all to use it. And, and you know, that's what God calls us to do is just to believe. You know, you, he says you need to have the faith of a little child. A little child just trusts their parents, no matter what they say. They they trust them. And it's kind of sad in some situations because some parents aren't what they ought to be. But you know what? The kids love them. The kids trust them, even if the parent isn't all they should be. Well, we have a Heavenly Father that we can always trust, that we he always knows the right thing to do. You know, when you get to be old enough, you have kids of your own, you realize that sometimes... You're hoping for the best. You don't know exactly what to do. God always knows exactly what to do. He always knows the right thing. We need to trust in him just like a little kid. So you're in a swimming pool and your kids are learning how to swim and you say, jump, jump into my arms. And they don't really want to maybe, but then they say, well, you're not going to let anything happen to me. I trust you that you're not going to let anything happen. And so they jump into your arms, and of course you don't. Well, God wants us to be the same way with him. Maybe the situation is a little scary. Maybe we're not sure exactly what's going to happen. But God says, jump. God says, go. He tells Abram, go to this land. Abraham doesn't say, well, what am I going to do when I get there for a job? Where am I going to live when I get there? What if I don't know the language? What What if, what if, what if, how am I going to do this? And how? And when you can figure all that out, God, and tell me exactly how it's going to work, maybe I'll go. That's how a lot of Christians in 2013 would do it, is they'd want to know all the answers before they ever left. Abraham believed God. It was credited to him as righteousness. And the way we know he believed God is he went. He, went. He, acted, he didn't know how it was all going to well, work well, out. Well, he acted on the word of God. God told him to do something, and he didn't. He was a doer, not just a hearer. He did it. And here's a, as you were speaking, I was. This scripture came to mind, and this is a good scripture that will ignite your faith on fire. It's a simple one. Proverbs three five. It says, "Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not some of your heart." We like to comp- compartmentalize. He said, "With all your heart, lean not to your own understanding." unless your understanding has been transformed by the renewing of your mind, but lean not to your own understanding in all your ways. Hear it again. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Well, I can acknowledge him through prayer, through his word, through other means, through his Holy Spirit speaking to me, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And he'll give he'll tell you which way to go. Abraham. <laughs> hey, go that, go to a land that I will show you. See, in all your, he directed Abraham path. Did Abraham suffer loss? No, he didn't. Abraham prospered wherever God told him to go. In the end, we know with Lot, Lot, they had a little strife in there. And, and Abraham told Lot, you 
You pick where you want to go. Right. You can pick. You pick. I'm not going to pick. You pick. Because I'm the blessed one. I got the blessing on me. Well, and here's the thing <laughs> is that if either one of them had the right to pick, it was Abraham. He's right. the oldest. He's the patriarch. He's the one who should have been but, able But to he's pick. the one with the blessing on him. But so it didn't matter hey, where you he pick. You well, pick. Well, it didn't matter where he went either because God had already blessed Abraham. And that's the thing with us. We are the blessed and not the curse. Yeah, we're the head and not and the tail. And we need to learn to right. live like that. And, and when that. the blessing on you, I, I like to define blessing like this. Uh, blessing is the the power of God to prosper and succeed in life. The power of God working in, in our lives to prosper and succeed. So when the blessing is on us, and you got to know what the blessing is. You can't be just going around saying, I'm blessed and don't know what it means. Bless. The scripture says in Genesis, and God blessed them and, and told them to be fruitful and multiply. Well, that's what empowered them to be fruitful and multiply. God speaking the blessing over them. And he says, the scripture says we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So we are the blessed, not the curse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. So when you know you got the blessing on you, Richard, when you have confidence in the blessing, you can move forward knowing that it's going to work out. I'm the, like Abraham. The God's I got at the, work right now. I got he's, the blessing he's on He's working me. in my life right now. And, and speaking of Abraham, remember he went. And then he went to Pharaoh's. The first spot he stopped, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh, he had to told Sarah, nah, Sarah, you look real good. You tell him you're my sister. <laughs> but what happened? And you know Pharaoh took Sarah into his harem, and God started speaking to Pharaoh about Abraham's wife. Again, they had to bless him on him. And Pharaoh released his wife and Abraham and gave him all this stuff. <laughs> gave him all this stuff. Blessed him on the way out. So... We're blessed coming in, blessed coming out. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I was reading not too long ago also that what's happening isn't happening to you. It's happening for you. Right, right, and right, right. We, we have to know that. that. That things that are happening in my life aren't happening to me. You know how easy it is, and I've heard Christians say this, um, I don't know why this is happening to me. This is happening to me. I don't know why God's allowing this to happen. I wonder if Joseph said that. This is so terrible that God's allowing this to happen. We need to get past the mindset of it's happening to me and realize that it's happening for me. That whatever is happening here, God is allowing to happen so that I can grow in some way. There's some lesson being taught to me that I can get closer to him that I'm on the way to the place that God wants me to be. It's the same way with David and the same way with Joseph. You know, you mentioned Joseph. All these things happen to him for a purpose. He is sold into slavery for a purpose. He is sold, He is sent to prison by Potiphar's wife for a purpose. The purpose being the salvation of his family. He, and he says, mm-hmm. what all of you intended for evil... God has used for good. Ooh, that's and the way so my God works right there. that happens to us in our life, God is, in, is going to work it for our good. And we need to believe that and actually live that and begin to realize God's working in my life right now. Whatever is going on in my life, God is at work right now, and he's going to work it well, all to see, my good. Well, and see, here's the thing, too. you got to meditate on God's word. He tells us. He all things work together for the good, for those who love the Lord, for those who are called according to his purpose. Well, we, we know we have a purpose because God created. He, God doesn't create anything or anybody without a purpose. And us who receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we belong to God. We've been reconciled. So, so everything works together for our good 
even though we may be going through it, God says, I'm not going to allow you to go through anything and not get anything out of it. I was reading a book this morning called uh, Faith to Change the World, and I've read it, So, but this is the last chapter I wanted to go back over it again. And he was talking about some of the patriots of faith over there in Hebrews uh, 12. And he lists Rahab, Gideon, Rock. Well, Rahab was a prostitute. Oh, yeah, well, how could she, she do have some faith? Good? How could she have faith? But, but she's, she's listed in the Faith Hall of Fame. But he mentioned all of those, but he says they didn't receive the promise. And that's the promise that we have, the promise of the Messiah, the greater one living in us. Because remember, Joel prophesied that in that day, and we're in that day, when the Lord would pour out his spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters would prophesy, your old men will see visions, and blah, blah, blah. So we're in that day right now. So they did all these mighty things through faith, and then it says we have a better one right now because we have the greater one living in us. So Jesus says, the things that I do shall you do also, and greater works. So if they they overcame all of these things, sure, we ought to be like super Christians. Oh, we're Superman Christians. We should be doing all kind of stuff. But again, it's back to do you believe the word? Do you believe God? Do you trust God? Do do you really believe that God still Mm -hmm. heals people? Do you Mm -hmm. really believe that God still saves people? You know, you you talk to people and they'll say, man, my brother, my cousin, my sister, my whoever has just been involved in this lifestyle so long. There's just no hope for him to ever be changed. That is a lie right out of the pit of hell because God is about changing people. He changed people in the in the days of the Bible. He changed people today. He'll change people forever till he comes back. That's what he does. That's what is he does. Change people from the people that they Saul became Paul. Simon became Peter. And we have to realize that God is still changing people even today. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I want to I read this out of Hebrews. And I was talking about the faith heroes in Hebrews. But as just sandwiched in between that, he was talking about all these fake guys. And then he sandwiched in between that, that who the Lord loves, he chastens, he rebukes. And the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about that. I'm like, why would you sandwich that in between this, the faith heroes? And he was basically saying, he's going to allow you to go through some stuff. Because you're being developed, you're being trained, you're, you're, you're being molded. So you're going to have to, like you just said, it's not happening to you, it's happening for you. But anyway, we, we got a couple more minutes. and uh, You got 30 seconds. I got 30 seconds, okay. We, we want to make available Healing Power Voice Activated by Drake Travis. Discover today how your words bless, heal, and restore. For any uh, donation to the Ministry of Faith on Fire, we like to make this bestseller available to you. It's available on Amazon and other sources too, all Christian bookstores. But we have unlimited copies here. We like to make available. Remember, PO Box seven five zero eight, Chico, California nine five nine two seven. We'll be back tomorrow for more Faith on Fire. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.